Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. We're going to jump into a brand new series today called True Prayer. And I'm, if you know me really well, you know what I'm about to say is very true. I really do not like to give the devil any attention whatsoever. Like, I am not devil-focused. I'm not looking for devils under every bush. You know what I mean? I'm usually, I tend, maybe to my detriment, I tend to lean towards forgetting that he even exists because he's that unimportant to me. Okay? That's just the way I go about it. But I got to say something to you. What I'm about to say, what I'm about to share and teach has been extremely opposed. I mean extremely opposed. And this week specifically, difficult things have happened. And we're talking about family. We're going to talk about prayer. But it's really that prayer is a family affair. And it's been opposed. So you know what I take that as? I take it as a compliment. Like, oh, you've got limited resources and limited time, and you chose to throw some at me. I must be rubbing your face in it a little bit. Little nubby. That's what I call the devil. Nubby. Because he's been disarmed and defeated. He's nubby. He's got a wicked tongue. But no arms, no feet. Disarmed, defeated. Hello. So, I'm not trying to give him credit, but I am trying to set you up right now to receive this word. This is so needed. What I'm about to share with you is so needed. And it's so attacked. Just saying. I'm not that guy who talks like that usually, but I felt needed to do that today. You know, our enemy is real. Amen? Like, the devil's real. And he really hates you. And he really hates me. He really hates all the the human race. Because we bear the image and likeness of God that he always wanted. That's a different sermon. But today, we're going to talk about something that he hates, which is prayer. True prayer. From the beginning of our church, the Lord showed me three pillars, worship gathering, small groups, and prayer. It's like a DNA strand of who we are. And so anytime one of those pillars is starting to be birthed, there's opposition. And I'm telling you, the pillar of prayer is starting to be built. The pillar of small groups is starting to be built, and there's extreme opposition. And I take it as a compliment. (laughs) I'm just saying. We need to be further equipped, however, with true prayer, the way to pray. What is true prayer? That's what this series is going to answer, okay? And you might be like, yeah, I know what prayer is. And yeah, we do know a measure of what prayer is. But I started looking through this, the Lord's Prayer. That's where the the Lord sent me. And as I started working through it, I'm like, I don't think I understand this as much as I think I understand it. True prayer is relational. That's today's message. True prayer is relational. True prayer is never only about you. True prayer is never me, myself, and I. True prayer is relational in essence. The essence of it is relational. All right, we're going to start in uh, Matthew 6, 5 through 13. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. And he says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. That's the motivation of their heart. You get it? It's not that praying in public is bad. It's why you're praying in public. That they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Being seen by others. Full reward. No more reward than that. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. 
and pray to your Father who is in secret. Does that mean we can't pray together? Was what we just did wrong? No. But there's a principle here. There's an essence. There's a paradigm that he's going to jump into. Shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. Some translations say will reward you in public, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Gentiles is a word for non-Jewish people. That means the world. And at this time, only the Jews really had an idea of who God was. But even they missed it quite a bit, okay? So don't do it as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. And let me just submit to you, so do you and I sometimes think we will be heard for our many words of eloquent wisdom and soliloquy unto thee, my precious lords and Jesus, Savior. Yes, all the these and thous. King James Version prayers only. That's the modern version. They heap up King James-isms, thinking that will make it more spiritual. Oh, thee, our Lord and Father. That's not wrong to pray that way. But if you're praying that way to be heard, it's wrong to pray that way. Did you hear what I just said? It's not wrong to pray in that style. I'm saying if you think that style is what gets you heard by the Father, you're wrong. You get heard by the Father because he's your Father. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay. <laughs> Are you all right? Is everyone okay? All right. <laughs> do not hint up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. They think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. What? So do I even ask, what is true prayer? What does that mean? I... If you really slow down here, a lot of our prayer life just got the ax taken to it. I'm praying too many words, and I'm talking about things that he already knows about. <laughs> Unwittingly, unwittingly or ignorantly, whatever the reason, what is true prayer then? What is it? Well, I'm so glad you're asking these questions today. <laughs> Some amazing questions. Jesus answered it. He said, pray then like this. And you're about to hear the Lord's Prayer, which you might be extremely familiar with, but don't shut off your ears. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray then like that. True prayer is relational. It's relational. We know that from the very first two words of the prayer itself. I was sitting down to prepare, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a series. Uh, let's see, how can I make this work in three weeks? So I was like, I'll take these two parts of the prayer and these two and these two. I got it. Here it is. All that. I went down to actually prepare this Wednesday. I got past our Father and stopped writing notes and was like, I don't know if I can fit that in this one Sunday. So I'm going to preach two words this morning, our Father, and we're going to be here for a while, just so you know. Not today. I mean, we'll end on time. I mean, in this prayer, we're going to be here for a while, so buckle up. I don't know when the end of this series is. I have no idea because I got two words into the prayer, and I was like, that's about an hour of teaching. I'm going to do it in 30. So, yeah, here we go. Our Father, say our. When we pray. We're supposed to begin with the understanding that we are not alone. The beginning of true prayer is our, not my. The first word of the prayer is not my father or the father. It's our father. So to truly pray as the Lord wants us to pray, 
we have to start as family. You have to think, I'm not alone. This is a family affair. Prayer is a family affair, no doubt. It's a mindset. It's an attitude. It's a posture of your heart. Yes, we should pray together with our families. When I say prayer is a family affair, you might be like, oh, I'm convicted. I need to pray with my family more. Yes, sure. Yes, we need to pray with our spouses, our loved ones, with each other. Yes, but more than the action, we need the attitude. More than the action of corporate prayer, we need the attitude of our Father. Why do I say that? Because the beginning of this passage says, get alone and pray our. Be by yourself and think about everyone else. More than the action, we need the attitude. This is not the only time. This is obvious in Scripture, Matthew 23, 8 through 9. Jesus said, you're not to be called rabbi. You have one teacher. You're all brothers, children. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father. He is in heaven, meaning we're brothers and sisters. We're part of a family. This is the family of God. All right? It's not just an organization. The resting place is not just an entity. It's a family. It's the family of God. A missional family. That's what we are. When we say apostolic family, that's what it means. A family on a mission. And family is the mission. Just so you know. <laughs> so more than the act of community prayer, we need the attitude. This passage, like I said, begins by saying, when you pray, go into your room alone. Right? Go into your room alone. But have this attitude. I'm not alone. Even though you're alone in the room, you are never alone in the spirit when you are praying. Get this. You're like, yeah, Caleb, we get it. Move on to Father. We got our. No, you don't. I got a lot more notes. Hold on. Hang on. Our Father. Slow down with me. Don't be overly familiar. and Don't be prideful to think you get this. I don't get this. I don't get what I'm telling you. I haven't exhausted all of this yet. Okay? There's more wisdom here than we're giving it credit to. When God became, came flesh and told us how to pray, I think every word has years of wisdom in it. Are you with me? Okay, so think of it this way. It's not just our father, like all the living, faith-filled people right now. It's Abraham's father, David's father. It's Elijah's father, Moses. We're praying with the saints. You're literally stepping into the cloud of witnesses when you get alone and say, our father. Everyone who's come before us. I'm going to mess with your brain. It's also all the saints that are coming after. Because when you pray, you're praying. All true prayer is in the spirit realm, just so you know. It's not in the, in the natural. It's not the, let me prove it to you. Like it's not more spiritual if you make Jesus three syllables. Okay? That doesn't make it more spiritual. That just makes you louder. Okay? And a little weird. This is supernatural, not super weird. Okay? Volume doesn't matter. Conviction matters. Posture matters. Style has, doesn't matter. The, the, the nature of your heart, the reason you're praying matters. It's a spiritual thing. So if all true prayer is in the spirit, then we're praying in the spirit with all the saints when we pray. Did you know Jesus is praying for all the saints right now? If you're truly praying, you're praying with Jesus and saying, Our Father. Yeah. Anybody just want to go home and pray now? Like, oh, man, lock my door. Hey, Jesus, our Father, let's talk to Dad. Not only that, like David. I mean, the cloud of witnesses. 
with this attitude, if it's truly our heart to pray our Father, we will pray more for others than we do for ourselves. It'll be automatic. If we have the our attitude, then our prayers will be about our family, friends, and neighbors before they are ever about ourselves. But if we pray more for ourselves than we do for others, we do not understand true prayer. It's okay. You could just blink. Repent by blinking at any time. I got conviction. I'm like, Lord, do I pray more for myself than for others? The answer was very clear. Yes. The sky is open. This message is for you, Caleb. (laughs) I'm with you on this. Come on. My prayers are usually like, help. Lord, help me. Me, help me. Help me. Me. Just go ahead and check your heart, man. I mean, do you pray more for others than you do for yourself? If the answer is no, then you are not praying our Father. You're praying my Father. My Lord. My Savior. He did not say pray that way. He said pray like this, our. It's important. You're like, okay, it's just semantics. No, it's just words, and God is one. So let's take his word seriously. Just saying. He could have used any word, any other word. Ephesians 6.18, Paul says to the church, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You're called to pray for the entire church, not just this church. The whole church, not just the church of Tampa Bay, all the saints. How do you do that except in the spirit beyond your understanding? Hello? So to understand praying in the spirit, we have to begin with the our father mentality. You see how, like, I didn't get past these two first two words? Like, this is, this is deep right here. Praying in the spirit is not always tongues, but it is always family. Truly praying in the spirit is our father. Did you know it says the Lord is spirit? Are you connecting the dots here? I know Jesus said this, our father, and it's the spirit of Christ that is the Holy Spirit. There's three in one. The Trinity is one times one times one equals one. God said, the spirit of the living God, through a man in flesh, said, pray, our. That's how you pray in the spirit, our. That's the only way. And people would say, well, okay, I pray in tongues, and I'll pray in tongues, and I'll pray in tongues for other people, and I'll stare at their name while I pray in tongues, and I'll stare at a new name while I pray in tongues, and that's what it means to pray in the spirit for all the saints, right? No. Praying in the spirit is not always tongues, but it is always family. It is always our And I'll give you a couple practical ways, okay? There's a couple practical ways. You can meditate and you can imagine. Those are actually godly things. There's godly meditation and godly imagination, okay? There is. There's perversions of it in the world, but there's a pure version of it in God. Are you with me? Okay? So I'll give you an example. Psalm 1-2 talks about the law of the Lord. A man who walks in the ways of God, he meditates on the law of God day and night. It's meditating. It's actually, that word is very funny. It's interesting. It's actually the Hebrew word for growling. <laughs> he growls the law of God day and night. Lord, I'm a shepherd. I shall not be in want. What does that look like? I don't know. It's, like, it's also murmuring, muttering, repeating over and over again. 
That's praying in the spirit. So you can meditate on what God has said, his word. You can bring it to mind. You can memorize scripture. You can meditate it. You can, you can roll it around in your head. The difference is worldly meditation is you empty your mind. Biblical meditation is you fill it with his word. Are you with me? I love uh, Bill Johnson, great teacher in the body of Christ. He says, every single person knows how to meditate. Have you ever been worried about anything? Ever worried about anything for a prolonged time? You know how to meditate. Just flip it. I'm just going to put this in my mind. The second way is imagine. You can imagine with God his best for your community, your family, our nation. You can imagine what would be God's best for this situation. What is God's absolute best for Ukraine and Russia? I can just start to imagine with my mind that he gave me. Why? Because Ephesians 1, 16 through 21, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Paul said it. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. That eyes of your heart is literally imagination. Having your imagination illuminated, bringing the light of God into your imagination. You might have been told that imagination is evil. No, we cast down imaginations that set themselves up against the knowledge of the Son of God. That's what the full scripture says. We don't cast down imagination. The church has lost her imagination, though. I mean, we just, we, we are not very imaginative in our prayer life, that's for sure. We're just praying whatever we heard those other people pray. We're not actually imagining with God. What did, what did, what did you give me in my creative outlook to imagine and drum up and he's able to do more than we think ask or imagine so should you be imagining with God that's praying in the spirit and then partner with it I see Vladimir Putin coming to the Lord Jesus I'm imagining it right now I'm just imagining what would it look like for Russia to become a Christian nation can a nation be saved in a day I uh, I can imagine it I can imagine a full-on repentance, a laying down of arms, an accepting of a responsibility. I can imagine it. And God's able to do more than I can think, ask, or imagine. And you're like, well, God didn't tell you that. No, he said, let the eyes of your heart be enlightened. Let your imagination be enlightened. To what? That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glory inheritance and, glorious inheritance in the saints? What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? That means this power is immeasurable. Listen, you can imagine with God, and you can invite him into your imagination, and you have immeasurable power to see it happen. You don't believe me. Okay, I'm going to read it again. <laughs> Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but is the one to come. We have more power in prayer than Russia has in tanks. Can you imagine it? Just, just ask God to help you with your imagination machine up there. Because we've lost our imagination. I can imagine the whole kingdom coming back today. Like, I can imagine the bodily return of Christ. I can imagine a lot. Hello? 
Who's been told your imagination is bad? Raise your hand. Who's been told you're not allowed to imagine? Who's having a hard time with what I'm saying right now? Just be honest anyway. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. Yeah, a couple of you. Good. Thank you for being honest. You're honest for the rest of them who aren't. Okay. Your imagination is a gift from God for your prayer life. Listen to me. Your imagination is not just for you to, like, create cool things and make cool stuff and imagine. I don't know. It's not just for when you were 10 years old and you were painting something. Hello? Your imagination is a gift from God for your prayer life. He says, let your imagination receive my light so that you can see you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living inside of you. That's, I'm not making anything up. It was on the screen. That makes it real. When I put it on the screen, <laughs> it's in your Bible. What does immeasurably great power look like? Can you imagine it? Power is so great there's no measure of it. You try to measure it and you keep on, you can't find the depth of it. You can't find the height of it. Hello? It could look like you going, this conflict ends today. It's all over the news. Ukraine and Russia shake hands and say, I'm sorry. I imagine that. Lord, let it be done. Anyone? Are two or three going to agree with me? Let it be done. I don't have to shout. I don't have to worry. There's immeasurably great power in here. Your imagination is a gift for your prayer life. But we're like, oh, no. What's going to happen? True prayer is relational. It's our Father. It's imaginative. You know, you're supposed to be creative in the way you love one another. Did you know that? Like, in our relationships, we're supposed to imagine new ways to bless one another. The Bible talks about this. Like, we're supposed to be imaginative towards one another. And I'm just inviting you to be imaginative in your prayer towards one another. Hello? Amen. I need this word, so I'm good. <laughs> our Father. Say Father. He did not say our Master. He did not say pray like this, our Lord in heaven. He did not say our God in heaven. But he said our Father. True prayer comes to God as a child comes to a loving dad. True prayer is relational. It comes to God as a loving child comes to a loving dad. We need to stop thinking reverence equates distance. Because we revere God. We're, I am down here and you are up there. I am low, you are high. And I feel more spiritual when I do this and make less of myself. You know what that is? Arrogance. Arrogance. I'll tell you why. The highest form of arrogance is telling God he's wrong. You're not praying from earth. He already sat you with him in heavenly places. The Bible says you're seated with him in heavenly places. You should pray from the throne room, not for it. Reverence does not equate distance. You're on daddy's lap when you're praying. You should run boldly into the throne room, right? The throne of grace. And jump on his lap and say, hey, we got stuff. I know you can help. You're really good at everything. There's boo-boos. There's ouchies. Could you come help? And he's like, yeah. I'm here to help. I'm your dad. God is almighty, yes, and all-loving. God is all-powerful. And always approachable. 
we got to leave this whole reverence equates distance thing in the dirt. It does not. It does not. True reverence is seeing God the way he wants to be seen. Amen? And he wants to be seen as a father, your papa, your daddy. I know, I have friends who, like, they can't stand it when someone starts saying, oh, daddy God. They're like, that's so irreverent. I'm like, that's the most reverent thing you can do. It's the most reverent way you can start. Why? Because it's the way he commanded us to. Are you following me? Reverence is obeying. <laughs> reverence is not making up your own thing and calling it reverence. <laughs> like, okay. God commands us to come to him as a beloved child comes to their papa. Daddy. I got two boys. My boys start going, Daddy. I'm like, Whoop. I'm running. Middle of the night, last night, Judah, he's sleeping. Woke up, or halfway woke up, Daddy. And I'm like, Whoop. Getting out of the bed. Jamani has to slap me a few times sometimes because I, I sleep hard. I lead a place called the resting place. I just want to be a good example. <laughs> Get your son. But as soon as I actually hear it, the thing is I don't hear it because I'm so dead asleep. But when I hear it, I'm up. I'm running. Are you with me? And I'm very imperfect. We're talking about the perfect heavenly father who doesn't sleep or slumber. Paul said it, Romans 8, 15 through 16. He said, you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. That's Abba. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. You. John said it. 1 John 3, 1. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. We're all children of one father. And there's no other proper way to approach God in prayer except our Father. It's the approach. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over, help me, all, and through, and in, all. All, 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 all. So the one spirit is the one Lord, is the one God who is the father of all. Not just of you. Not just of this church. Not just of the church. But of all. You know, you and Putin have the same dad. I know. It's what I do aggravate you. It's okay. One of my spiritual fathers calls me the agitator. You know that part in the washer machine? It's not the soap, it's not the water, but it's the thing that gets the soap and the water all in and everything. It's the agitator in your washer machine. That's me. That's me. I'm the agitator. God is all of these things. The Lord, the Spirit, Almighty, Sovereign. I'm not taking away from that. I'm just saying there is one approach for prayer. It's 
our Father. He's ultimately a Father. He's the Father of all living things, whether they recognize Him or not. Amen? Is God the Father of all living things, whether they recognize Him or not? Yes. Absolutely. So there's a difference between being from your Father and of your Father. Jesus even said to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. That doesn't mean they're from the devil. Hey, listen to me. It doesn't mean they're from the devil. Yeah, that person you're offended with doesn't mean they're from the devil. Yeah, that person you don't like, that political person isn't from the devil. Biden is not from the devil. Putin is not from the devil. The Antichrist, I'm going to say it, live stream, come at me. I don't care. The Antichrist is a myth. It's a spirit called Antichrist. It's always plural in the scriptures. There's not a single instance of a one person called Antichrist. Not a single, find it, bro, give it to me. I will repent publicly. I challenge you, get it, bring it back here. It's a spirit called Antichrist. Many Antichrists had already gone out when Jesus came. He said, many Antichrists have already come. John wrote, he said, many Antichrists have come, and they will come, plural. If anyone in this church starts posting Putin's the Antichrist, I am going to get on your feed publicly. Say, we talked about this. I'm going to drop the link on you. Hey, watch it again. Here's the sermon. It's because we're not very imaginative in prayer. And it's because we don't know the truth that just because you're acting of someone doesn't mean you're from someone. Who you're from is not a choice. Who you're of is a daily choice. You don't get to choose your daddy. Some of you would like to, right? Maybe you didn't have a good experience. But you don't get to choose that. Who you're of, however. Have you seen that meme? I should have prepared it. <laughs> One side is a guy sitting on a bench. He's homeless. And he was asked, why are you this way? He says, my father was an alcoholic. And then the other side, another guy sitting there on a bench with a suit and tie, he's a lawyer, he's successful, whatever. They say, why are you this way? He says, my father was an alcoholic. You can't choose who you're from, but you always choose who you're of. Our father. It's the attitude that God is the source of all life for everyone. And we should be praying that everyone intimately knows that source of life. Not saying my team, your team. Let me help you. I'm not Team Ukraine. I know, agitator. It's okay. I'm not Team Russia. I'm Team Kingdom. Those are God's kids blowing each other up and shooting at each other. Both sides. Both sides. They don't know who they're from. And we don't know who you're from. It's very easy to be of the wrong source. Are you with me? Okay, moving on. Hallelujah. We... In knowing that he's our father, we do not need to beg for our daily bread. Because he's a father. I can right now go to my dad's house where I don't live and open the refrigerator and take anything I want and eat it. And I feel fine about that. In fact, my father loves that I can do that. I don't have to ask him. I don't need to ask. It's my dad's house. I have permission. We do not need to beg our dad for daily bread. Listen to Matthew 6, 31 through 32. It's after the prayer. It says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, 
What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Or what about World War III? Or what about inflation? Or what about Bitcoin? Should I buy it? Being anxious for anything. That was supposed to be a joke, the Bitcoin thing. <laughs> Sorry. I ruined it. For the Gentiles, seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Our heavenly Father knows what is needed. Can I get an amen? He knows what is needed in the geopolitical landscape. He knows what is needed between nations, between leaders, between households, between churches. He knows what we need. My, one of my spiritual fathers, Lynn Harper, dropped this bombshell on me. Poor use of words, sorry. He said, if I ever start begging, I have stopped praying. He said, if I'm talking to God and I ever start begging, I have stopped praying. Pray then like this, our Father. It's right there. You don't beg a father. True children and true fathers, there's no begging. That's orphanhood. It's not childhood. Are you with me? Just trying to get you in the right hood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I say stuff just to make you smile because you stare at me with that face. I'm like, I think I made him mad. I don't know. <laughs> Someday I'm just going to like get one of those Google glasses on and like have a live stream of all your faces on the screen so you know how I feel while I'm talking about these. <laughs> you can see your face. Be great. Anyway, if I ever start begging, I have stopped praying. We come to God knowing he's a good, good father who provides for his children. Amen? That word father in the Greek is actually one who imparts life and is committed to it. He doesn't just begin life. He commits to the life he begins. So when we pray to our loving father, we're actually saying he is our source and the true picture of all we are to become. In one way, we actually prophesy our likeness in God manifesting on the earth when we say our Father, our source, the potential of my life. Did you know your Father is your potential? Hello? You're called to be like your Father. And when you pray, our Father, you're prophesying to yourself and your neighbors and your community that we will be. Words matter. God is one. True prayer is relational. Amen? It's a family affair. It's our father, not my father. And it's speaking with a loving papa. It's not begging a master for a morsel of bread. It's coming to the one who loves us more than we can imagine. Amen? Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.